0: winding road leads us here to the doorstep of the postseason. One win, a little bit of help away from ending 17 seasons of misery. Allen steps up, jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Now how many quarterbacks have you ever seen hurdle anyone? He throws, touchdown! Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're listening to us. You're listening to the Red, White, and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. As always, my name's Matt, I am your host, and as always, joining me is my co-host, Alex. Hey guys, how's it going? We... have just we're a week removed from the um from the nfl draft i'm i'm pretty excited about it um how did the draft go for you alex uh,
1: they did everything i said and i wanted them to do uh the focus on the positions that were necessary uh positions that we needed and guys that will contribute right away so i, I couldn't have asked for
0: more thank okay. i After the draft, after we've had went through Saturday and the last Mr. Irrelevant got picked out, I put a tweet out and I've got a few responses asking people for their um for their views. I'm just wondering if everyone out there agrees with these and if not, please feel free to tweet in and give us your views on there. Uh first one we've got is from British Bill's Dog, which is at Ryan P's Hill he goes um i love the draft he grades it as an a to an a minus including the undrafted three agent signings uh he goes on to say that people question the pick of devon singletree but he was one of his favorite running backs um he also goes on to say that he didn't understand why we had another tight end so we drafted two tight ends now that's something we will We'll sort of go over in the, um, in the podcast. Uh, we've got another tweet here from, uh, Mark Livers Edge at, at Livers Edge. He goes, he loves the picks, uh, and with needs across the, filling the needs across the roster, they couldn't fix everything, but wish they had gone for a number one wide receiver. He's thinking that with the single um, pick that he's actually has a fear that she, Sean McCoy will actually be, a uh, could be treated, traded. That's, um, but that would be something for a, uh, for another podcast, I believe. Uh, a couple more here we've got. We've got Terry White, uh, whose Twitter handle is Quoted Bunny. He goes, it's a definite upper A minus. Uh, we get a top five talent at nine and a first rounder in the second and he loved. The Voshan Joseph and Dawson Knox picks. And the final one we've got, if I've missed a few out on this tweet, I do apologise, but the last one is from Richie Maddox. He goes, I love the picks. Again, he thinks it's an A, A minus, draft. Ford in the second is an absolute steal, he says. He likes a single Terry as a, um, as a replacement for LaShawn McCoy but he's not sure when. And he again, he loves to pick up Joseph, which intrigues him. But with areas to improve, that's what, uh, there that will be a training camp will be for. So, there are plenty more um, uh, reviews on the Bills draft and I do apologise that I haven't got through all of them. I don't think we've probably, probably run out of time with the amount that we've actually, uh, we've got here. But, Onwards and upwards, as they say, and we're gonna go over and recap the bill's draft in 2019. Now, you probably heard my, our last podcast, if not, I suggest you go download it or listen to it wherever you do, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Spotify, wherever you get your uh, podcast through, and you'll, you will have heard my view and my opinion on the Ed Oliver Draft and the Ed Oliver pick. Uh, Alex, you got any views and opinions on the um on his on Ed Oliver at number nine?
1: Everything right now about Ed Oliver is positive. Obviously, you know you look at guys who get drafted high and then they just don't produce for whatever reason. It happens sometimes, sometimes. but I really don't see a problem. With Ed Oliver right now, I think that he, he's a perfect fit for our roster, for our defensive scheme. Um, words like elite, explosive, aggressive, great leverage, high motor. Um, I mean, what he's the guy that I picked when we did our mock draft. Um, I can't find a problem with this. Uh, I, I hope that he pans out because if he is who everyone says he is, if the tape that he has in college translates to the NFL, then we have our guy in the middle of the of the defense for for years. Someone who you can build around. Um, the the one thing that I did read that that someone had mentioned was that he's better at pass rushing than is at run stopper. But I mean, if we run, if we're running a four three, so he doesn't need to be that concerned with that. I mean, he's a rookie. He can learn. He can build. He can grow. Uh, I just I'm, I'm not upset at all there's not a player that I would rather have on our roster at that spot so I'm um, I'm um, that pick has energized me uh I remember we talked about the um when we did our schedule uh and I was I was a little bit pessimistic about the Bills uh this pick this draft uh I'm a little bit maybe a lot more optimistic about the team the year coming up yeah I'm, uh, for foot for
0: sure, yeah. I mean, the first person that actually, um, I believe that reached out to Ed Oliver was actually Carl Williams. Um, and if anyone heard his press conference, he actually thought straight away. He said it was nice to get a, a call from a future gold jacket. So at least he knows a little bit about, um, about who he's, uh. Who he's in effect replacing, but not replacing, replacing by becoming the next Carl Williams. So, it's good. No, he's he going he to
1: bring some. He's. I think Ed is going to bring something else to the table. I think he's yeah. going to be. I, if he, if he is the guy that everyone says he is, I, I can see him being better than Kyle.
0: Yeah, I think. And I know
1: it's. I know that's scary. It's dangerous to say right now, but. Uh, I mean, Kyle Williams is the heart of the team. I'm not asking Ed Oliver to be the heart of the team. I'm asking him to be productive.
0: That's yeah.
1: what I want more than anything.
0: Yeah, I think we'll do. And being paired with, um, with star next to him, at least now that the, ov- the, um, the offensive line of the opposition won't just have to focus on, uh, Jerry Hughes. I'm going to have to worry about, uh, worry about Ed Oliver as well. So it gives us a bit more, uh, Bit more punch and a bit more um, pass rush to uh, to get the to quarterback. So yeah, I am just glad the, the way the it defense is.
1: The defense is all coming together. I mean, you were already looking at a top ten defense last year, mm-hmm. and now you could be looking at a top five. So it's 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 really exciting if if the defense can hold us in games and we don't need to play catch up. If Josh Allen can play his pace, uh, you know, because he's I bet you he's still being coached pretty heavily. They're yeah. not just going to let them go. Uh, they're going to have a game plan for the offense. If we can play our offense, if we don't have to play catch up, then, th- I mean, this defense is going to, is going to keep us in games and it's, it's going to be good stuff.
0: Yeah. Num- number two ranked, I believe they were, they were last year. So we're just adding more and more pieces to ultimate go for that ultimate number one, um, number one yeah. defense. For uh, sure. Uh, I, I w- I gave you credit in the, um, in, the, in my previous one, when I was actually doing the Ed Oliver um, review, I did give you credit that you actually uh, picked him in the uh, in the mock draft. So I'm you gonna, know, after give we you did credit.
1: that mock draft, after we did that mock draft, I was a little bit worried. I'm like, oh, is he gonna make it to nine? And that was the discussion that we had on draft day. You know, is he gonna make it? Is he gonna make it? And I mean, I I said on the podcast that I probably wasn't gonna stay awake for it. I I stayed up for the whole thing. So... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was just the 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 will they won't they will he make it kind of thing that that drama
0: kept me going. So yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that that worked out. Yeah. I going on now. If we go on to um, pick two or round two, sorry, um, and Cody Ford, an offensive lineman out of uh, out of Oklahoma. Uh, now
1: an- <clears throat> another guy that I see as a starter. Uh, from day one, uh, he I talked a lot about when we did the free agency recap about how only Mitch Morse was a, a, a guy that I saw as a starter. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody else would be in competition at least. There were yeah. a question mark at every position except for center. Now we can lock in Cody Ford as well. Um, so many draft guys had him as a first-rounder. Um, Balance, agility, high end talent, prom, you know, promise to come. I mean, he's only going to get better. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what I wanted to do there. Um, the, well, you had, you had mentioned, um, one of the guys that gave you the draft recap wishing that we kind of went wide receiver at three, yeah. but I don't think all the wide receivers kind of went in the second round. So mm-hmm. what would you rather have? Kind of situation, you know. Like, well, who would you rather have, a wide receiver at two or Cody Ford?
0: I would say I would actually go um, Cody Ford. I mean, the question the question is, and obviously this is something for the former McDermott for Bobby Johnson to decide. Do you start him at guard or as he's as he's been told that he can actually give get a cracker right tackle? That's one thing that you actually going to decide where to play him, but. In in that question you've asked, it's got to be you've got to shore up that O line regardless of how many you've signed in in free agency. You can you can get top quality um or good draft wide receivers in later rounds as we as we've seen. But at that point, if you've got if you've got a first round grade on a player that's happened to fault your lap in a um in a position that you're looking to upgrade, I would. I would take. I'd snap his. I'd snap the hand off. I'd be. Uh, I'd be sprinting all the way from Buffalo to Tennessee just to. Uh, give Goodell the. Uh, the card direct. To be honest. Absolutely. I with mean,
1: with I mean obviously with our with the, with with the struggle that we've had at wide receiver, um, but. The idea is to protect Josh Allen, right? I yeah. mean, you watch tape from last year. Guys were getting open. He didn't have time to throw them the ball. This is the number one thing, I think, that we needed to focus on, and we did. Offensive yeah. line. And, and even if, if he struggles at guard, if he struggles at tackle, the depth that we got in free agency, I think, will allow us to move him around and find out where he's most comfortable. If he struggles, we have depth to work that out. But, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm not seeing any struggle here. I'm not seeing a need to move him around. I think that he's locked in at tackle. Um, and it's going to be i think it's going to be great i think that Josh Allen's really going to have the opportunity now to to show us exactly who he is on a consistent basis because of our offensive line is literally light years better than it was last year
0: yeah and with Ford he's he's that physically dominating that that big that he's he's great on power runs he can he's good at a lead blocker he just has that That aggressive and nasty, um, play to actually help him out when they're actually being taken on by the defenders. I mean, his, his pass blocking was, um, top notch in 2018. He actually, during the whole season, he actually didn't give up one sack until the playoffs. And overall in that season, only just allowed seven total pressures. But that could be a case you put it down to the competition or you could, Put it down to how Kyler Murray actually uh, played, but I like him. I'm just eager to see where they actually um, decide to line him up and actually see training camp where they potentially give him right guard, right tackle, and obviously see what they do with that whole offensive line. I mean, he
1: graded out as the top, the, the, the third best offensive tackle in the draft, so I think that um, whatever reason he fell, I, do, I don't care. I mean yeah. he's he's a guy that that instills confidence in yeah.
0: what the Bills, what Brennan Bean's building. Yeah. I think if we go on to the next one, the round three, something that I think got a bit of a mixed reaction really when I've actually been looking through Twitter and been listening to, to reviews on that. Um Devin Singletree from uh Florida Atlantic running back now uh, what's your what are your views there?
1: Well, I think he's the fourteenth running back that we have on the roster right now, so <laughs> that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. but like honestly, um there's a lot of comparisons to LaShawn McCoy, and yeah. I know that um people talk about how he he dances a lot behind the line. um mm. You know, he might not be a three down back uh he bounces out too early. Um, but, but honestly, it's tough because at three, you want to, you want to think that you're going to get a starter at three. Yeah. I think that there's some guys in the third round that could have projected out as starters. Um, but the, the reason why I think we didn't take a wide receiver this year is because we have that set for next year. I mean, yeah. when we talked about the picks, uh, the the, uh, the signings of John Brown and Cole Beasley, those are stopgap guys. We're going to get our wide receiver next year, um, and I guess that the Bills didn't think that running back was a like. There's no running back depth in next year's draft, because, like I said, at three, that's it's quite puzzling. Uh, yeah. You're looking at Miles Boykin being available in that scenario, so I Fish guess, yeah. Yeah, so I guess we're. I mean, hey, we weren't in the draft room, so yeah, they they must see something that that no one else sees, which is which is great. And again, you got a guy who doesn't need to learn the hard way. He's not going to get a lot of touches this year. We have three running backs ahead of him, unless Frank Gore gets cut or he goes all Anquan Bolden on us and quits. But yeah, uh, it's it's. I wish. That that's the only problem that I had with this draft is we could have used that draft capital on something more pressing. Mm. But again, they're the professional. Prove me
0: wrong. I mean, I'm yeah. not a GM, right? So yeah, I mean, prove me wrong. On, yeah, I mean to to be honest, I say what you've said. It looks like he's actually in a mold of Sean McCoy. It's not the worst situation for um. For him to come into anyway, because he'll be learning from McCoy, Gore, might learn a bit of, um, TJ Yeldon. I mean, when, when the pick came in, I was thinking, okay, we've got, you've got the likes of Chase Winovich, any wide receiver still on the board, and so they went with a running back. I can kind of see where they're, where they're looking with Gore and McCoy potentially being Free agents within the next year or two. And this way, it gives, it gives Singletary the, uh, the time just to learn a bit more and actually redefine his skills as either pass catching running back or his pass protection. I mean, it just, you just look at this guy's career in college. 66 touchdowns in his three year career. In 2017, he scored 32 touchdowns 32 touchdowns in one season so he was he was the cowbell now does he come in has he got that bit of wear and tear from constantly being given the ball at florida atlantic who knows but you do know that he is he is almost like a uh, mini LaShawn mccoy he'll he's got the vision he'll do his cuts he'll stealing um stealing Sean McCoy's Twitter handle, we can cut on a dime if needs be, and he's got those Duke moves that you'd see in like a Madden game when you're about to go and you say, ah, let's screw it, let's just, uh let's do a little spin, a little Duke move, get away from the defender, but, I, in my honest opinion, I'm actually happy with that. Yes, it gives us eight, eight, to nine, ten, uh, however many running backs we've got on there, but, with him you're looking, they're looking a bit more at the future and from what I've seen in the running backs next year there's there are some good ones but whether they can be a Devon Singletree or another Lashawn McCoy type type um, player is it's the luck of the draft really and we'll just have to see how it plans out but as much as people hate that pick I kind of understand it and kind of kind of do like it to be honest
1: I think the the only the only problem that I have the the biggest problem that I have with this pick is the NFL is I mean I, I'm gonna go cliche heavy here but the NFL is a passing league you know yeah. blah 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 but here we are kind of stuck in the past still I mean worrying about the running game I mean is yep. that the team that we're still trying to build um, I mean are we gonna have all four of these guys on the roster uh, on the fifty three man I mean what's What's really the end game here? Um, you know, it's just it's just, it's just puzzling. I think, but I mean, yeah. if, if the guy's got talent and they like him, and he's our starter next year, then great. Yeah. I th-
0: I think to be honest, the way they're signing running backs and want to be run first, I think they're trying. In my opinion, I think they're just trying to to get the run game going so they can actually use Allen's arm and use a bit more play action in the playbook if you can set up that run game and have that good run game where you're going to have the defense thinking: Do we fill the box or do we um, keep a couple of safeties up high? That that indecision will actually will play well for Alan's strength. And if you've got John Brown or Robert Foster on the outside, that play action pass is done by setting up the run. So maybe that's where, sure, yeah. Even though it's even though it is a passing league, there's the way you're trying to sign running backs, the ones that can just pound it, to just to confuse the defense and allow and exploit Alan's arm and another arsenal and another um, couple of plays in the uh, in the playbook.
1: And we did struggle last year with running backs when McCoy went down when he was injured. He was on and off the field all season, and we had no one behind him. Um, and I mean, look at we have two fossils at running back right now. So he maybe he needs to maybe he will see time, you know? Uh yeah. so I mean it is a position that we use often. I mean our our system is our system, is it's not gonna change it from one draft. So we're gonna need yeah. guys at the position. So that's fine.
0: Yeah. I mean then just before the end of the round when probably everyone that was watching the uh probably watching the draft live actually was thinking, right, they're not gonna trade back up. Let's let's go to bed. They decided to trade back up and, um, actually get a tight end, um, Dawson Knox from, um, from Ole Miss. Now, with, with him, I, I actually like him. He's, he's a good all-rounder. Okay. I think being at Ole Miss when he had Metcalf, when he had AJ Brown, when he had DeMarcus Lodge, he wasn't seeing that many targets. He, he only had in 18 career games. Only 605 yards, never scored a touchdown, was never targeted in the red zone. But it's, as much as I love it, it's, I don't love it. It's, I don't really look at the stats. It's looked at what he's had, had around him, talent wise, when he's had those three wide receivers and what he could be that is untapped. Now he, I say he's a winning blocker. He's got the good athleticism to create the mismatches. But it's it's one of those do you believe the stats or do you wait and see what's on the tape, even though he hasn't scored a touchdown, he's got that um he's got that ability to be another weapon in the passing game.
1: Yeah, I mean when you mentioned tape, I mean what tape? He's only had thirty nine catches in college. I mean they talk about you wanna look at prototypical size, you wanna look at athleticism, uh you wanna look at potential that's here and <clears throat> if you consider this a fourth round pick you know um mm. being our fourth pick but if you if you put him in the fourth round i mean i mean are you really going to be asking a lot not not right away right I yeah. mean, so for for it's, it's, what for what it is i mean it's a position of need so yeah. you know you you take that chance on the guy who's top of the board there Mm. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want a safety there. I don't want a corner there, you know? I mean, offensive line, we're set now. Uh, yep. I mean, what else? Maybe edge rusher, you know? Yeah. But other than, other than that, other than edge rusher, I mean, this is the next position of need, so I'm happy with it.
0: Mm. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he can, he'll, he'll, he will come in. He, he will be a key part. It's just now, obviously, with the other Titan signing, um, which we'll come on to a little bit later, you've now got uh, Jason Kroon, Tyler Croft, Jake Fisher, um, Dawson Knox, and Tommy Sweeney. So you've got a good mixture there. It's now, can Dawson Knox overcome what he didn't have at college, and actually make that push to upstage a Tyler Croft or, or Jason Kroon, who Croft. As loads of experience in the NFL, Croom is actually came on leaps and bounds in the second half of last season. Can Dawson Knox have that quality and get over the lack of production and actually challenge one of those two for the um, for a starting or at least a top two um, spot on the um, on the roster? Yeah, you
1: give an athletic guy like this an opportunity, and you see what happens. I mean. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not gonna get crucified for blowing a late third pick, you know so yeah it's 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 fine. it's fine i mean this this is the port this is the point of of the draft where I'm like, all right, sounds good. Let's see what happens, you know yeah I mean that's what is these are these are the true uh, you know dart dart throws um so just a little context though i mean i I took the time to look at. Fourth round and down over the last ten years. I mean, yeah. how many guys? How many guys you think made the roster and contributed from the fourth round down over the last ten years? Just give it a guess. Well,
0: for the Bills or in the NFL the, in general. Just, uh, for the specifically, just for the Bills. <laughs> oh, in the last ten years, I probably I would say it's probably single figures. I'll probably say about eight or nine.
1: Yep, it's seven. So two thousand and four <clears throat> and, I mean, that's that's four rounds of each year, and you only have that many guys that have, have contributed. So yeah. it truly is, uh, let's ho- cross your fingers and hope. I mean, 2009, no one. 2010, Arthur Motes. 2011, Denoris Searcy. I mean, these are guys who maybe only did one year for us, too, anyway. Mm. 2012, Nigel Bradham. 2013, Duke Williams. 2014, seventh-round pick, Sean Charles Henderson, played all 16 games that year, but he was, I mean, that was out of necessity. He wasn't yeah. a good enough to start, you know. He was gone. Uh, man, and also, go back and look at that 2014 draft. It is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Um, 2015, Nick O'Leary. 2016, nope. 2017, Matt Milano. That's probably going to be the best pick there. Yeah, um, Fifth round for Matt Milano. There's another fifth-round pick in that draft, but we won't talk about Nathan Peterman. And no. two thousand two thousand eighteen is too early to tell. But I yeah. mean just take the guy that you think is is could be good at football and, and, and plug and play and coach. That's what you're hoping for here. Yeah.
0: And talking about the fifth round and even a linebacker, uh we go with um or we signed or drafted uh Beauchon, um Joseph, uh linebacker out of um out of Florida. So it's me personally I I love this pick I think I was I was really into him at the beginning of the um begin the draft process at the beginning of the college season um I didn't didn't really use him that much in in mock drafts or anything like that but what I see from him I actually really do like yes fifth round he, he's dropped there because he has got some Inability, stuff that he needs to work on, but he is an aggressive off the ball linebacker who more than likely is going to end up probably at the will linebacker, which is going to be back up mainly for Milano, but he's a guy that has got the athleticism to, to run sideline to sideline, stay in passing downs. He's that physical guy that can tackle. He does have some issues actually, um, completing the tackles, but he's one of those guys. I think I saw a, um, a little clip on Twitter of, I think about couple, last season or season four when I think it was Florida versus LSU. Denny Atling, um, pretty much at the two yard line actually bootleg, actually went for the line about to score and all of a sudden all you see is Joseph just stand there pretty much, just get his uh, body in the way, and uh, Danny Etling goes goes flying into the sideline. So he's one of those guys um, with 93 tackles last year, four sacks, um, five passes defended, and a fumble recovery. He's one of those uh, that, given time and learning from Alexander, it could set up that linebacker core for a good... Five years with Milano, Joseph, and Edmonds as your um, as your linebacking trio.
1: Yeah, I mean linebacker was one of those positions where I know that we needed depth. When we got dinged up last year at linebacker, I mean you're all of a sudden looking at a, at a you know a top defensive unit, and then some guys go down, and then you're looking at probably one of the weakest linebacking cores in the NFL. So this guy will shore up that side for now. He needs a lot of development is what a lot of people are saying. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's a position of need, and that's what you do in these later rounds. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. You know, we didn't we didn't
0: draft a kicker or a punter in the fifth round, so I'm happy with it. Yeah. I mean, round six, and I said in the mock draft, okay, I put it in round four, but I have a feeling they may have gone safety, and by a hole in round six... Jaquan Johnson safety out of um safety out of Miami. So we've got someone which which potentially can learn from Hayden Poyer and who knows down the line actually um actually replaced them. I think he's got enough to challenge um Dean Marlowe, um maybe Saran Neal as well, but what I like about him that even though he's he's only five ten, he is a tackling machine. I think he was the out of all the safeties in the draft class. He was like in top five, top ten most efficient tackler, and missed attempt, and that's what I found out every seventeen point six attempts. So he's got the instincts, he's got the good tackling ability that you're going to need for a safety. Yes, again, you've got you've got coverage issues. His his athletic ability, the way he actually ran in the combine affect him a little bit, I don't think so, but when you've got, when you accumulate over your career, 252 tackles, two and a half sacks, eight inceptions, six fumbles and fumble recoveries and a touchdown, uh, sixth round, you get him behind Poyer and Hyde and actually get him to learn and you could get a really good ball hawking, um, safety within the next, um, next couple of years or so.
1: Yeah. I mean, he drives to the ball. He finds the ball. He's got a lot of, he's got, he's got a motor. He's, he's aggressive towards the ball, watching his tape, uh, reading about him. Uh, I actually would prefer to see him maybe at like nickel or dime. I know that that doesn't, I think his strength is in the run game, but I think that his deficiencies in the past game kind of single him to the nickel and dime for right now. while he kind of figures it out, but, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, a guy who can play both positions. I mean, those utility players are, are indispensable in the league. Yeah. So the I think, depth there is good.
0: Yeah, I think that's what what I think. My personal opinion: what uh, McDermott being looked for in their um, in their draft players? Can they play? Can they be versatile? Can they play yeah. um, multiple positions? And with with um, Johnson, even with Cody Ford. Um, you're looking at players that can play in different positions, the ones that can be that potential chess piece, whether it be offense or defense, that can always confuse opposition defensive coordinators and and be a, uh, a godsend for any um any offensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're not doing anything that is awful, you know mm. these these play these players. When you, when you see what they can do, I mean, the, the video that just came out, um, yesterday about the, in the Bills draft room, they're talking about how you, at this stage of the draft, you don't focus on a guy's negatives, you focus on a guy's positives. Yeah. And if you have a guy who's willing to learn, has a high motor, is aggressive, then that's, that's what you want on the defensive side of the football. So, yeah. I'm not, I mean, there's nothing to complain about there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that will then bring us on to round seven. Uh, first one, which I think probably caught a few people off surprise. Um, our North Carolina A&T um, defensive end, Daryl Johnson Jr. Now, I will have to admit that probably like you, I've struggled to find anything really about a um, scouting report for him. But in three years, getting 19 sacks, 41 tackles for a loss... Uh, he was also named the, um, the MIAC Defensive Player of the Year award. The last person to do that, who actually had a good career, was actually, um, linebacker Darius Leonard of Indianapolis Colts, the second round pick in 2017. Now, with him, I, I like him. I always root for the, for the small school prospects. It's something about him that potentially McDermott may have seen that I think that he's got the attitude, he's got the work ethic. He said that in the pre-draft process that he put on another 20 pounds to get up to a a good weight and probably could put on a little bit more. So you've got someone whose focus wants to make a success and I think fits into the mantra and the... And the what what would you say the the um, process no not process the the mentality that Mac, um, McDermott would like
1: yeah I mean the reading an interview he says this coach said he's got a great work ethic I mean that's the, that's what you want you don't want a seventh round pick coming in thinking that he's hot shit you know so this kid knows that it takes Hard work. I mean, looking at our defensive end depth. I mean, after Jerry Hughes, Shaq Lawson, they didn't pick up his, his option. He's probably going to be gone next year. Trent Murphy. I mean, can't stay on the field all game. Can't play. Not going to. Might maybe won't last sixteen games. So he's got a chance to see some time. You know. I mean, at a at a position that has that's very shallow depth wise. So. I mean, yeah. you, you get a guy that comes in and works hard and earns his spot on the roster, let's see what you can do,
0: young man, you know? Mm, and and again, it's like, even though there, there are loads of younger players on that defense, you've got the likes of Jerry Hughes, Lorenzo Alexander, and those players that actually, again, can help him and actually get him to refine his, um, his, var- his variety and his techniques, So... He can make that impact. So I hope this kid comes in to camp and actually goes, right, please let me, let me lend your brain for yeah. the, uh, the training camp. Both of you get, give me your brain so I can actually learn the, um, learn new techniques and make a success. But there's, there's something, i say there's something that McDermott saw in him that made him actually go for it. Maybe it's, maybe mm. it's his work ethic. Maybe it is that potential with a lot of work to be put in but we'll we'll find out in um in training camp but I probably see him potentially staying on the practice squad more than anything if if not cracking the um the 53 man roster i mean coming out of a small school like that i mean can you imagine just getting in to
1: the to the off season workouts and stuff like that rookie mini camp I mean coming your seventh round pick small school I mean what do you think do you think you're going to make the NFL right I mean but now all of a sudden here you are and you're on a team with this shallow depth you have a chance to play in the NFL your first year I mean how exciting is that I would yeah. love to know what that feels like
0: yeah I, yes. it's um it's one of those where you're gonna say yep. I've got the opportunity, you put that mind focus, you get that mind map, you get that, like, quote as you're walking out your front door, like a motivating quote saying you can do this or, or something along those lines. That, that's, I believe, probably what maybe has drawn, let's say, John McDermott in. The fact that he has that ethic, he wants to improve, let's say he puts on extra 20 pounds during the, um, draft process shows that coming from a small school with yeah. with little um nutrition and sports facilities or gym facilities coming into Buffalo with their brand new um brand new practice area with weights and all that and you, and the top sport nutrition if he comes in and applies himself I think in round seven that is gonna be a really good steal and from North Carolina A and T in the in the MIAC that would be that would be a really good success story.
1: Yeah, I mean I would love to be able to add more guys to that list of late round success picks. So all the, all all the best best luck to him. And I'll and to our other seventh round pick Tony Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, but another tight end kind of puzzling, right? Mm,
0: kind of yeah. I mean with with Sweeney I feel he's more He's more going to be your, um, blocking type of, um, tight end. I mean, yes, he's had his, his stats are probably, were a lot better than Dawson Knox, but with him, he's, he's one that's mainly been a, a blocker and he's that tough that he's actually going to be able, he's going to pretty much do like, um, like Lee Smith when he was, um, when he was at the Bills, mainly yeah. been your blocking, but, you get money out outside. He's got those. He's got those hands. used body and natural hands that he can actually go up and actually contest those catches and strong enough that if he's actually led into traffic by his quarterback, that he can actually stand tough and actually make that catch. So I see it as a as another type of tight end to go into the Arsenal. Whether he makes it. Into the fifty-three man roster, we'll wait and see. But I see him mainly, predominantly on there as um, as a Lee Smith type role. Yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean if if, if he's going to play the blocking role, then you think Jake Fisher doesn't make the roster? Then uh,
0: I don't know. I think I think with Fisher, I think that'll be the interesting one. I think that'll be for the final final draft spot will be between sweeney and fisher i mean obviously fisher's got the the pretty much the pure blocking from being coming a um from being a tackle for transferring out how's his hands that's the question i think you're probably locked in going with Croom, Knox, and dawson as your um as your top three whether they take a fourth and if they do that's where the training camp will get interesting. Whether it be Sweeney, Young, mainly a blocker but can catch, or Fisher, who is purely a blocker, and you've got that unknown of him as a um, yeah. as a catcher. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just those those seven or eight. Sorry, um, that we signed. We also signed what was it one, two, three, four, five, six, about eight undrafted free agents. Um a couple listed here is um Tyree Jackson from Buffalo, uh wide receiver Nick Easley from Iowa, another Buffalo Bull, um Cam Lewis, cornerback. Uh we got from West Virginia wide receiver David Sills, uh Charlotte linebacker, um Juwan Foggy uh, another linebacker in Texas A&M's uh, Tyrell Dodson. Uh, Northwestern's O-line, uh, Blake Hans, And interestingly, in my opinion, Illinois kicker Chase McLaughlin. Now, I think that one's an interesting one. But in my opinion, the ones to really look out for this year, or at least in training camp, is your um, David Sills, the, um, the fifth, and in my opinion, Juwan Foggy out of um out of Charlotte. I mean with with Foggy, let me see if I can get up um get up where she saw, he was actually a, a wide receiver, former wide receiver turning um linebacker and twenty eighteen he had six picks and two went for a touchdown. Now you've got that at six one, two hundred and thirty four you you love people would love that as it, but being his conference, probably the reason why he went undrafted. But with numbers like that and being a form wide receiver, he's got aspects of both offense and defense. I think play him in that um in that Raphael Bush nickel role. I think he could potentially. If, it'll definitely make the practice squad if no one else picks him up, but. I could potentially see him as a um, as a uh, a deep sleeper for that fifty-three uh, man roster.
1: If you want to be optimistic on him, you got to think that if you can coach him man to man to play to line up on tight ends, then his ability to ball hawk that position would be great in that scenario. Yeah.
0: I think that potentially is where potentially could be where the former, where his being a former wide receiver, probably comes in that he knows. A few of the routes, maybe not as many, and obviously you'd be focused on the inside, but I think, I think knowing both offense and defense, even if it was just high school, then your whole college career you've played at, uh, played defense, that knowledge you get playing at another position always be- can become, in my opinion, beneficial, whether you change position or you just actually have that vision. You know what's going to happen. and You can have that instinct. Can have that bullhawking, um, bullhawking uh, ability. Yeah, and you know,
1: looking at David Stills as well. I mean, here's a guy who's coming into a perfect situation. I mean, the wide receiver slot in Buffalo. Uh, so many question marks. Uh, I mean, who, who are you? Who are you? You know, putting in ink on that roster. I mean, even with the new additions. Even with Zay Jones, I think that the number one spot's wide open, the number two spot's wide open. Anybody can make this roster. Anybody can make that depth chart of that position. Mm. Here's a guy who, former quarterback, you're probably going to see him. If he makes the roster, he's your gadget guy. You know, yeah. toss back pitch that he's the one throwing the ball, something silly like that. So I think, um, but hey, I mean, find, find guys. You know, that's that's the whole thing. I mean, these are positions of need, and just go out and get guys. So I'm pretty excited about that. And, um, obviously, I think for, for me um, and the people that I talk to back home, the big story is the quarterback, Tyree Jackson. I mean, <clears> he's super raw. Um, you're looking at a practice squad player. But, I mean, imagine, you know, you're in Buffalo, and then you get signed by your hometown team. I mean, there's no greater feeling than that. Yeah. So there's even added motivation for him to just sit, shut up, learn, and just just play, do the best you can. I mean, yeah. it's a dream come true, right? I mean, it's pretty exciting. You follow yeah. that guy, you follow his career, you watch him at UB,
0: and then he's the Buffalo Bill. I mean, it's one of those great stories. Mm, uh, and he's worked with in the offseason with Josh Allen and also Jordan Palmer, who, who coached up and actually... Um, worked out with josh allen so in there you you've got mcdermott and bean saying they they love the program at um at the university of buffalo but in jackson you've got someone that's similar similar height maybe a couple of inches um taller similar weight there or thereabouts and similar ability with the run and his um his the throw and the power behind his throw so you've got almost a a Josh Allen type clone that if, if they could manage to stash him on the practice squad, then that would be good for a year. And then obviously he potentially become the number three running, running back, sorry, quarterback mm-hmm. behind Barkley and Allen, depending on what they've been doing with Anderson. I mean, yeah. there's talk that Anderson could become like a, an assistant quarterbacks coach or just be that mentor to Josh Allen and then Tyree Jackson getting that roster spot to stop him being poached by any other team. Now, I'm oohing on about that. It's depending, can you get a role for Anderson if he's going to accept it, or do you run the risk of sticking him on the practice squad, keep the quarterback room as it is with Alan Barkley and Anderson, and then revisit it next year? I mean... Uh... Derek Anderson, right?
1: I mean, uh, he must be really good friends with Brandon Bean from their time in Carolina. Cause I mean, this dude, the best spot for him is on the couch. I mean, hmm. come on, right? I mean, it's just silly that he's even being considered for the number three spot. I mean, if, if something does, God forbid, happen to Josh Allen, then you're looking at your one play away from Derek Anderson again starting a game. I mean, it, it's, it's a, it's a nightmare. That's, that's, we were the laughingstock of the league when we he, he played against New England last year. Yeah. I mean, that that was the lowest point of the season, right? And, I mean, we're still looking at him putting the ball in his hands. I mean, even if it's a 10% chance, you know, but still, it's just, it's scary. It's, it's one of those situations that is so perfectly Buffalo.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: you try so hard to not be a joke, you know, and then you're just right back there, kind of.
0: Yeah. I think, I think with him, I think they want him even before the season started. I think their idea for him is, was just to be that mentor for right. Josh Allen. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it got to the point where unfortunately these things happened that he got ch- chucked in for a, um, for a game, but thank God for Matt Barkley, um, coming in against the Jets that uh, we didn't have to see Anderson again, but I think Bring him in to be the mentor for um, for Josh Allen. I think that is quite good. Mm-hmm. Bring him in as potential, as you say, one play away from from playing is one that does scare a bit. So it be mean, interesting. I, honestly,
1: to... I'd rather have Tyree Jackson than Derek Anderson. Mm. So
0: as long as they can find, if they can find, say, a place for him off on the coaching staff as a mentor or anything like that. I would, yeah, find, I would actually please take Please find in. something else for him. Yeah. Right. I mean, now we've gone through the, gone through the draft. We've had the draft. We're entering rookie mini camp next week. I think it's May the 10th to the 13th and then training camp in June from our last podcast where we did the schedule and you're unsure and you weren't that optimistic. We're not going to go through the schedule. One by one, again, we'll say that probably for the end of preseason. How optimistic now do you feel about the Bills and what they've actually done?
1: Well, I think that with the draft kind of being the, is it the official or is it the unofficial, whatever, start of the NFL season, it's just, there's, there's a little, the blood's flowing again. I mean, you come off a, a season like last year, 6 and 10, right? And then you're like, ugh, again, it's the Bills, you know, especially for me, I mean, I don't know if it's different for you, but I mean, it's, it's very, very hard to be optimistic about this team. But after this draft, at Oliver Cody Ford, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very, it's, I don't want to say optimistic because I yeah. hate having my heart broken because it's happened so many times. <laughs> uh, wow, that's sad, but uh, it's just a, sport. it's just a game, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm ready for football season again. I mean, I'm, let's let's go i wanna see these guys play i wanna i wanna see them play as good as everyone says that they can. I want them to, to, to i just wanna go you know I'm ready so yeah i mean i i don't i, I mean I'm probably not gonna change my preseason prediction to eleven and five or something yeah. crazy like that, right but mm. uh I'm excited again, I'm ready for football i wanna see these guys go so yeah yeah it's 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 not a complete you know one eighty but it's it's getting there. You know, there's a, there's excitement again, so it's yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I feel good.
0: No, it's, I, I feel pretty much the same. I mean, the expectations you always got learn to holster them, especially being um, being a Buffalo fan. But there's parts, and I can I say, reading tweets earlier about the draft, uh, people's views on the draft. I can see where the excitement comes through. You've got the likes of Ed Oliver, who's going to be that playmaking dominant force on the defensive line you've got that protection, not just through uh, Cody Ford, but what they've done in the off-season, that you're, put, you're surrounding the weapons and you're surrounding your quarterback with those reliable experience and some raw rookies. But that combination, that mix, fitting into the culture that McBean are actually trying to put into the team you can some people should feel optimistic that we actually get somewhere and we get a um we can get a at least an eight and eight season, maybe even a winning season, but that's yeah, that's mean, optimistic. With, with with the way
1: it's been for the last however many years I stopped counting. I honestly don't wanna know. Uh but yeah, I mean there was the one year of the playoffs, sure. But I mean success in the city, uh when the draft grades come out and they go, oh, you see the Bills got that A plus, you see the Bills got that B plus. It's like is is that is that what we're really like excited about? I mean, you have other teams in the NFL winning games. But yeah. here we are talking about winning the draft. Yeah. Uh, i I can't wait until that conversation switches to <laughs> Great, finally the draft's over. I can't wait to play some more games. Let's yeah. go, we have a winning team. So that's great that we have great draft scores. Uh, let's put that on the field and let's, let's, let's turn this thing around finally.
0: Yeah. All right. I think we'll leave it there for now. We'll go to a, a quick break. And then after the break, we will, um, we'll go into the new segment, which we're hoping for your involvement with throughout the season. Uh, we're going for the, uh, ask the hosts question and answer section. Um, feel free now whenever you listen to this to to tweet us or anything with the hashtag ask the uk bills and who knows your your question may be featured on the podcast so we'll see you after this uh, we'll see you after this break we were able to make that
1: move with oakland because um, he was i know he was about to get taken if, if we didn't move
0: there Woo. stuff you and we are back on the Red, White and Buffalo Blues, a UK Bills podcast. Uh, this is our new section, which we hope to, uh, to get many more involvements, uh, with. It's, uh, Ask the Hosts. Our, the first question came in through, through Facebook from, um, Christopher Spencer. He, um, he said, can I ask the hosts, who's your favorite draft pick of our draft and why? Now, for me, I'm actually gonna say it's fifth round pick, Voshan Joseph. Now. You're joking, right? No, I'm not. I actually, Uh I actually think that, yes, he has his, he has his, um, issues, he has issues tackling, and he's a fifth round pick for a reason, but I see a bit of Matt Milano in him, and everyone, again, when he came in, said, okay, he's not going to amount to much. But looking now, he's one of the top tacklers. He's one of our better players. And if it wasn't for his um, unfortunate injury last season, I would have said he would have actually got into that um, Pro Bowl. I I see a lot in the way he plays, Vance Joseph. I can actually see a lot of how he plays, his aggressiveness, his pursuit, that he can actually turn into another Matt Milano-type player, and, as I said previously, form the linebacker core Milano, Edwards, and Joseph for the next four to five years.
1: Oh, I, I I love your optimism. I don't feel any of it at all. I mean, look at the guys' fifth-round pick. I mean, you're, you're saying this to, like, be cheeky, right? I mean, we have Ed Oliver in our draft, and you're picking the fifth-round guy. You're Edward. killing me. You're killing oh, Ed- me.
0: Ah, everyone, everyone would, would literally say, yeah, it's Ed Oliver, it's Cody Ford, because... And
1: there's, there's a reason, but there's a reason for that.
0: It's, it's the generic answer. You, you look at, you're looking at who can make the impact lower down, not the people that actually come in, you know what they're gonna bring straight away. You look, and me, I look at people in the third, fourth, fifth, even seventh round, and actually say, look, I can feel that he's gonna make that impact. I mean, as you've mentioned, Milano, I think Arthur Moats did well when he actually came to us. You had Stevie Johnson in round seven those Those late round picks can turn into gold dust sometimes, and with van Vans Joseph, I actually see that. I see him being one of those um being one of those diamonds in the rough, so to speak, and one of those that will actually have a good career.
1: God, I hope you're right. But that's just crazy. That's it's crazy. I don't care if it's the generic answer. I'd rather be right than silly. <laughs> uh, w- and w- the, the obvious answer is 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 uh, it's it's either you know at Oliver or Cody Ford. But obviously it's 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 at Oliver. I mean, the guy's gonna destroy other teams' offensive lines. Um, yeah. I mean, you're looking at a guy who who could be. I mean, there's more excitement about him than there is for Marcel Darius mm-hmm. when we drafted him. I mean, this guy is going to be, I mean, you, you see these videos of his, int- his introduction in the Bills, and the guy's just excited to be here. That's the kind of guy that you want, because everyone's yeah. always talking about, oh, I don't want to go to Buffalo. He said, it's cold, it's cold, it's cold, I don't care, let's go play football. I'm like, yeah, that's my guy. Right there, when he said that, I'm like, that's my guy. I'm going to buy his jersey. Probably yeah. not, because I don't wear jerseys. But anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's my favorite pick. I mean, you're looking at a guy who fell to us. A yeah. guy who was supposed to get drafted ahead of us, and the draft fell our way. The guy that we wanted fell our way. I mean, you watch that draft room video, how excited they all were that Ed Oliver fell to them. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you want to see. That's how why he's my favorite pick of the drafts, because we, we, we weren't supposed to get him. And whenever that something like that happens, it's exciting, you yeah. know? I mean, Terrell Owens signs in Buffalo. That's not supposed to happen, even though he yeah. was bad at football. Uh, I mean, it's exciting, I and mean, that's the kind of stuff that that gets you going.
0: Yeah, I've got, I'm sure I bet you glad that I didn't then say um, my favorite pick was single Terry or one of the um, one of the seventh round picks. Because... if you
1: would have said Tommy Sweeney, I would have hung up on you, honestly.
0: No, said no, I do think it's, uh, I think it's Joseph. Um, hell, I looking, hope you're right. So, yeah, just looking through, we've got, um, we've got another one. It's from, um, from Twitter, from Chris Holden, his Twitter handle at Chris Holden 10. He's asked, um, is there any tips for traveling to Buffalo for a game? Uh, places to eat, places to say, to say, to stay, and things to do. So, being a being from Buffalo, I'm gonna let you uh, let you answer that one.
1: You don't you don't know you don't want to take this one?
0: No. No no no. Okay.
1: Expert on this one. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. It, it's hard to call me an expert on this one. I've been in the UK now for a year and a half, and as I was compiling a list of places to go and, and stuff like that, I was I, I needed to, to give it a second thought. Like, uh, is this it? Is this enough? Uh, and, and I know that I left places off of this list and I know that my friends and family are going to say, what are you crazy? You didn't include this place. You didn't include that place. So I'm, 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 I'm really putting myself out there here, but, um, I think the most important thing is, is when to get there, um, it's going to be a lot easier and cheaper to fly into Toronto, um. If you want to fly into Buffalo, you're looking at a connecting flight somewhere like New Jersey or Boston or even Washington, D.C. So that's kind of a pain, but at least you're, you know, landing in Buffalo in that instance. But um, if you take the cheaper route and you fly into Toronto, uh, you're looking at taking either a Greyhound bus into Buffalo or renting a car. Um, Buffalo is a city where you kind of need to have a car. Uh, I mean, the subway just kind of is only on one street and it doesn't go that far into the suburbs or anything like that. So it's not the best mode of transportation there. We don't have the best public transport. The bus is cheap, but it's a little bit, um, you know, uh, unreliable. So I think if you fly into Toronto, you rent a car, you drive into Niagara Falls first, see it from the Canadian side, they used to have more attractions there. And then you cross over to the border. Um, so, if you're looking at a place to stay, uh, depending on your budget, uh, I have three options. There's a Pagoula's Hotel downtown, the Marriott Harbor Center, which is a really nice hotel. Uh, decent, uh, really nice sports bar inside of that. I have a friend that works the kitchen there. Uh, it's right on the waterfront near Canal Side. Completely revamped area of downtown. I mean, if you would have went 10 years ago, it would have been depressing. You go now, it's beautiful there. <clears throat> I mean, that's if you're looking at like going in September, October game. When we go into November, you kind of probably would want to stay more towards the stadium in Orchard Park. But yeah, I mean, stay downtown. There's, um, if you want to go to something cheaper, there's a really nice hostel directly downtown theater district. $35, $35 a night for that. If you're okay with staying at a hostel, if you're going with a big group, you can rent a whole room. So you don't need to worry about you know, security there or anything. Uh, another great option is an Airbnb. Uh, you look on the website there, you find someone who's renting their house out, find the location and the area that you want, it's really nice and easy there. <clears throat> um, from there, you got a place to stay, you have a car, it's time to check out what's around. The Elmwood Village is a great area to check out shops and local restaurants and local bars. Hurdle Avenue, kind of the same place as Elmwood Village. Delaware Park is a beautiful park. Albright Knox Art Gallery, if you want to get fancy and go look at some art. Uh, Allentown area is great for your dive bars. Really great steak sandwich at The Pink. Um, if you're okay with eating in a restaurant and bar that is basically in the dark. Um, and, yeah, it, you, it's so hard to explain it. It's just one of those buffalo staples. Um, and then uh, this place downtown called Riverworks, they have uh, – hockey rinks, they have curling, they have a bar, they have a restaurant, it's on the water, it's really beautiful there. Um, So those are kind of the areas to see. Um, Most of these places are actually in Buffalo, where if any of you know, uh, the Bills actually play in Orchard Park, which is a good 20, 25 minutes out from the city. So I'm basically saying, you know, if you're going to go to Buffalo, hang out in Buffalo, and then just drive over to the game on Sunday morning at, like, 8 a.m., start your tailgate there. Uh, kind of not really much to see staying in the Orchard Park area. If anybody's in Orchard Park listening, I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> if you're looking to drink, Buffalo's got a lot of great local um, breweries. Uh, there's Resurgence Brewery, Community Beer Works, Thin Man Brewery, Pearl Street, and Big Ditch, Um You're looking at most of those being very close to each other in the downtown-ish Elmwood Village area. Um, So those are all great places. I used to go to all those places all the time, the best local breweries, great local beers there. Um, Another good bar down in the southern Buffalo, Gene McCarthy's. I would play softball out there. We would go to that bar after each game. Great. They They just built their own brewery there over the last few years, so they have a lot of good local brews. And uh, if beer's not your, your flavor, then uh, right by the hockey arena is Lockhouse Distillery. Um, a lot of great spirits there. Uh, and then food, obviously, people are like, what about the wings? What about the wings? I mean, Anchor Bar is where the wings were birthed. Go there if you want to take in the, the culture and the history of it, but they honestly, I wouldn't say that they have the best wings in Buffalo. I would suggest for that Duff's in Amherst, Barbell in East Aurora, or Dwyer's in Tonawanda. Those are some of my favorite spots to go. Uh, Once you had your wings, check out Charlie the Butcher for a local staple called Beef on Weck, a roast beef sandwich in its own au jus and or gravy with a Kimmelweck roll. It's a staple of the city. Or even uh, my favorite restaurant in the city, uh, a Mexican fusion restaurant, Lloyd Tacos. It's it's Lloyd, it's not Lloyd's. Everyone says Lloyd's. It drives me nuts, but let's not get into that, how I'm crazy about stuff like that. Uh, If you're at your Airbnb and you just want to stay in, um, pizza delivery, fantastic options here. Just Pizza, Mr. Pizza are two of my favorites. Great pizza, great wings, go for it there. If you're looking at somewhat of a nicer restaurant, then um, you're looking at maybe the Left Bank, which is one of my favorites, small restaurant um, just off of the Elmwood Village, or downtown. There's a steakhouse in one of the hotels called Sear. Now, this restaurant was a collaboration between local businessmen and former Bills, Fred Jackson, Terrence McGee, and Brian Mormon. So you might run into some Buffalo history there at that restaurant, probably one of the best steaks I've ever had at that restaurant there. And uh, probably last but not least, uh, don't drink Starbucks coffee in Buffalo. You have to drink Tim Hortons. That's the local flair there. And uh, that or I would suggest spot coffee for your coffee needs. Yeah, stay away from Starbucks. You don't need any of that. So that is just a quick tour of Buffalo. Uh, if anybody back home is listening, I'm sorry if I left out your favorite spot. If any local businesses are listening, I'm sorry I left out your place. These are just some of my favorites and places that I would recommend to anyone going to visit Buffalo for a Bills game.
0: And coming soon to the to the website and the fan club. It's the Guide of Buffalo by Alex Penbos. <laughs> yeah, I read a big nice Buffalo guidebook. There you go. Yeah. All <laughs> right, that that will do it for the end of this um this podcast. I do apologize to the people that probably have sent in um, questions that we haven't quite answered today. Uh, get we'll to get re- definitely get round to them next time um so keep it coming keep the uh keep the questions coming in send them to us with a hashtag ask the bills or the ask the uk host or uk bills send that on twitter at um uk on instagram search for the uk underscore bills through facebook the uh the Bills backers uk and of course through through the websites please do get involved we would love to hear your questions and we'd love to answer your questions as uh as best as possible um i think that is all all the time we have next podcast we'll probably go into a little bit more detail about sandpick maybe actually review a few um the mini camp and the uh, rookie mini camp, see what's going on there. But whatever we actually uh, put out for the next podcast, I hope you do join in. I hope you've subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, what else am I missing here? Um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Podbean, Yep, iTunes. Anywhere Great. that you yep. actually. Uh, that you get your podcast from make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure if it gives you the option to leave a review. And for now, I will say for this time, until next time, good afternoon, good evening, and go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> not us. Yeah, not us. You don't know anything about
1: heart, you don't know anything about work. Huh? That's who we are. Bills on three. One, two, three. <laughs>